0: games, oh my God. the my God. biggest events, wow. the, crowd is on their feet. the biggest stories. This is what you signed up for, Seth. I, I thought it would be in the game. Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. I'm Rachel Gu, and I'm joined by Christina Kelly and Jacob Wolf on the desk today. How are you guys doing?
0: doing well doing great um yeah happy international women's day everybody
1: yeah i happy international women's day shout out to all the women who compete um who commentate the women who code all the games that we play the women who write and all the women who make these events happen um who make esports happen
2: and special shout out to like all the other women in in like in our parts of lives right like i was thinking about this earlier this morning um at, like, 3 in the morning uh when I saw that it was uh International Women's Day. And I just thought about, like, every single woman in my life, from, like, you two that are my editors to, like, my girlfriend to also, like, my mom and my grandmother and just everybody that, like, helps me out a long life. So, like, shout-out to all those women for, like, being great people and and shout-out to you two. um, Just wow. for, oh, in, gen- in general, being a very big help to me, but also just, you know, I, I appreciate the effort and I appreciate the help and everything you guys do and appreciate all the other women in my life and how they support me so
0: we did not tell him to say that.
2: <laughs> no, they did not, actually. They didn't even know. So That was yeah. very
1: nice. Thank you, Jacob. And yes. I wanted
0: to give a special shout-out to Mariel Leila-Louise. Mariel Louise, who goes by Leila. Um, she is the support player for the North American Dota 2 team, Wheel, or rather, Wheel Wreck While Whistling. And uh, she is apparently the first female player to compete, who will compete in a main qualifier for a Valve event, um, because her team just... Qualified for the main qualifier, the NA main qualifier for the Kiev Major. So uh, that's pretty awesome.
2: And I also like, you know, just a little short segment, we don't really need to go in depth much to it, but I I really like when certain things like this, like social and political, uh, like, not saying this is both, but, like, obviously social and political, like, occasions and social and political matters cross into esports. It's something we see a lot more of. Like, something that was really interesting to me last week is that a congressman commented on an ESPN piece about Counter-Strike gambling, which I was a contributor to. So, like, I love when things that are, like, you didn't think they'd be esports-related turn out to be esports-related because it's really cool. to It's some of the most interesting, like, coverage and events to me is when you have something that's, ab, like, kind of a little abnormal to the esports bubble come in and, like, make a lot of sense. So right. I've seen a lot of esports people tweet about International Women's Day. It's pretty cool to see some stories. Yeah, it's so. great.
1: We see all these teams tweeting about it and, like, posting on photos <laughs> of even, like, commentators but and I, stuff, I've which seen, is like, nice. I've seen,
2: like, players, like, talking about their moms and, like, just, like, you know, people in their lives, like, women in their lives that are, like, really beneficial to them, so, like, it's pretty it's pretty cool to, like, see different stories and, and hear, hear these kind of people, because, like, we see it in traditional athletes all the time, right? Like, they speak out on political stuff uh, all the time, and then same with social stuff as well, but it's really interesting to see, kind of, like, esports be like a butterfly and kind of just spread its wings and, and kind of go out of its bubble.
1: Yeah, for sure, and um, I was thinking about maybe, like, a couple of women I wanted to shout out, but... Honestly, shout out to you, Christina, because you've been honestly so genuine and great. You did not
2: pay me to say this. No, this is the... You two are, like, the most interesting, like, partnership I, I could ever imagine, because uh, I got to know Christina a little bit before she showed up here, and I've known Rachel for a very long time, and, um or, like, a very long time in esports terms. Yeah, for sure. Um And... Uh, when I found out that both of you got hired cause you started like two weeks after me and Christina started a couple months after me, I was like, ah, they'll probably get along. But you guys have like developed into like really good friends and also just like very supportive towards one another and also like really damn good at your jobs. So it's like, yeah, like even from a professional and a personal standpoint. Yeah, you guys are killing it.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, yeah, um, enough cheesiness. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm gonna blush now. Let's get to some eSports. All right, so let's let's jump straight into Team Liquid because because we had a bunch of news come out today and last night. They're, oh boy. Oh, I I know where to begin. And I guess the best way to summarize everything is Team Liquid just really doesn't want to get relegated.
2: Yeah, they got a they got some help from their buddy Reginald, uh, and additionally. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of like people calling collusion on the Phoenix One thing. That has nothing to do with collusion. It's it's just like any other trade deadline. When you have a player who's not clicking, and like the NBA trade deadline is the one that I paid the most attention to this year. I'm sure I'll pay attention to the NFL one later in the year as well. But when you have a player that doesn't get along in your team, and there's a deadline coming up that you can either get rid of him or bench him, probably going to try and get rid of him. So Phoenix 1 started shopping Adrian around and Team Liquid just happened to be the buyer. Yeah, and for that, that for like, those who
1: aren't familiar actually, it's Adrian to Team Liquid and double up to Team Liquid. And yeah. uh, I
2: just and take a step back. One.
1: This
0: is about Team Liquid's League of Legends team and the League of Legends scene and not Team Liquid's other esports endeavors.
1: Yeah, we're just going backwards here, all the it's, way back. It's
2: really hard. Yeah, you you really have to clarify. But yes, Adrian Adrian Ma uh, the support of Phoenix 1 has gone to Team Liquid. Uh, he's been, his contract rights have been purchased by Team Liquid, and they have negotiated a new contract with him to be on Team Liquid after some, uh, team tension between him and Inori, their jungler.
1: I can't believe that, by the way. Like, be professional, you know?
2: Yeah, both, I, I can't, mm, it's, both of them, it's unbelievable. Both of them didn't and act petty. very. Yeah, both of them didn't act very well on this one. I mean, for context for the listeners, um, Adrian said in a pretty lengthy, in, or, Pre-game interview with Riot Games on Sunday that uh, he was complimenting Meteos. and then it started to kind of get a little shady at Anori uh, saying that uh, he enjoyed playing with Medios because Medios uses his um, he uses his brain, uh, implying that his former teammate did not. That is um, some shade. And then uh, later Anori did a post-game interview with Blitz Esports, which those are some really great folks. So shout out to Blitz Esports. Uh, he, he did an interview with uh, Blitz Esports on video where he got really emotional. And then later, after that video was released, he came out on Twitter and said, I don't want to start drama, but it doesn't feel good when a teammate S talks me, or S talks you in a pregame interview.
1: You don't want to start drama, but here's the drama.
2: Yeah, you don't want to start drama, but here's the drama. And within like a day, then like a day and a half, they facilitated a transfer for Adrian to Team Liquid by the 7th, which I believe was... That, that was yesterday. It's was Tuesday. Uh, in two days, they facilitated a transfer from having team tension to having Adrian off the team. Uh, and then they also bought out, Phoenix One also bought out, Stunt from Team Dignitas, who is not confirmed to start, but he is most likely the starter. And Adrian flew back home to Houston yesterday um, and most likely will not play for Liquid until next, season, or next split. However, if they need him, he is eligible.
1: Also, can I just make a point here? Because, okay... If Kyrie Irving thinks the world is flat and LeBron James still wants to play with him, I think that Adrian and Nori can play together. It's just kind of ridiculous. Well uh, well here's here's my Clearly, perspective, Kyrie though. Irving
2: is not using his brain, by the way, but you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, but but here's the thing. Like you can have someone who has a difference of opinion with you and like believes a different thing which you may or may not think is valid and you can still like respect each other it's a, it's getting a little bit harder to do that in this political climate but i think like generally speaking if i you know if i think like x and jacob thinks y and i'm like okay that's not really relevant to my job i don't really agree with him but whatever we can work together i think that's legit but we don't really know what's going on between uh, Inori and Adrian. So I don't know if we can really make that comparison.
2: I just I just think it's one of those things, like, it's a little bit deeper than, like, the Earth is Flat thing, because obviously it's, like, a, a true shot at Inori in an like, in interview streamed to, like, 200,000 people on Twitch, um, which was also then clipped into a Twitch clip and then also put on Reddit and had its time to blow up and have 400 or 450 comments on the Reddit thread or something like that. So, um... Yeah, I had people as early as Sunday asking me like, what do you know about this? What do you know about Inori and Adrian and are they mad at each other? And then before I know it, I blink, I blink on Tuesday night and there's a transfer that's been <laughs> been facilitated no. and I'm just and like, okay, well. No, and somehow that's
1: upstaging
0: double lift, which I
1: just don't understand. <laughs> well, okay, I should clarify something. I'm Trauma. actually I'm actually very sympathetic towards Anori. Like, I feel like for his end, I don't blame him for how he reacted. He's very young. Um but I just think that if you're getting paid to play a professional game, then you should just put your differences aside and try to do your best and there's win. Like,
2: there's like a And they're a good team,
1: too. They're third place yeah. right now, there, so... There's
2: a longer conversation to be had about some of it, but I mean, like, I guess you can't, like, make traditional sports comparisons all that much because a lot of these, like, traditional sports athletes don't live together. All right, well, so, like, 80% you
1: know, of that was kind of a joke, but... No, no,
2: no, I'm just saying in general, like, you, like... You know, professional sports are the cl- is the easiest comparison you can make because, like, like Christina said, you don't have to agree with everybody on everything. I doubt that all the players on a single traditional sports team agree with each other on all aspects of life. Like, but they have a professional courtesy that when they get out on the field, they're like going to do their jobs, and that is their job, right? Like that they're going to play the game that they are paid to play. I think it's probably a little different in esports. Actually, I know it's very different in esports because you are living with these people like you're living in the house with with these people and i'm sure those two days of adrian being in the house until he went to the so he went to the team liquid house monday night so like they were already getting this like way done and then he like pieced out the team liquid house tuesday and went home uh so like i can only imagine that things like got really tense like within 24 hours of like this whole debacle at lcs and him saying that that Medios uses his brain implying that Honori does not. So
1: Well, you know a game that doesn't require teamwork? Street Fighter V. That's Great my subway. transition. Thank you. Um, so we have final round twentieth anniversary this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Street Fighter Five is back, baby. And we have a pretty stacked list of competition. Like we have Knuckle Dude, Takedo, Haitani, Daigo, and our perennial favorite Eli Joe. Um let's dive into it. So, um, one thing I want to point out about,
0: uh, this year in the Capcom Pro Tour is that, uh, so FR 20, uh, first of all, 20th anniversary. Holy cow. Um, uh, so, so. this is, so this is, uh, going to be a global premiere event for the Capcom Pro Tour. But this year, uh, these global premiere events do not grant an auto qualification spot to the winner. So they, they, uh, grant a lot of points, but apparently.
2: I thought this didn't grant points at all. I'm pretty sure that starts a Combo Breaker this year.
0: Um, well, I looked on the Capcom Pro Tour website, and it said that uh, Final Round 20 was one of the global premiere events, so I'm just going off of that. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really interesting change.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, um, they no longer auto-seed, because Infiltration won this uh, one final round last year and got auto-seeded. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't... I could be wrong. That but is an
1: interesting change, actually. I,
2: I could be wrong, but I don't know if Final Round actually does... Uh, get you CPT points because I think I remember I think I remember them saying that the first event in the CPT this year was going to be Combat Breaker which is in May. Which makes sense because the E-League Invitational is like they probably wouldn't want to start their circuit before the E-League Invitational right? Because then those players are going to be out of commission for events like Kumite and and stuff like that. So
0: So. I am on the Capcom Pro Tour website right now uh, on the Capcom Pro Tour 27 details page And it says, uh, you know, under tournament schedule, there's Evo, and then Global Premier events. And the first entry under Global Premier events is Final Round Twenty.
2: Okay, maybe it does, Grant. All right, huh?
1: Well, we're going to take a short break right now. But for more esports content, you can check out ESPN.com/slash/esports. We're going to take a short break right now. But when we come back, we're going to talk Street Fighter Five and League of Legends. Yes, more League of Legends. Stay tuned. And we're back with the ESPN Esports Podcast. Let's talk about Knuckle Dew. Um, do you think he's the favorite coming in? I mean, he won the Capcom Cup last year.
2: I don't know if anybody's the favorite coming in. Season two is a really odd different game, right? Beast, like, there's a lot of evil, like, punk, like, who just got invited to E League. Like, there's a lot of players who are really good in season two that were not very good in season, like, uh, who? season one. I mean, punk is obviously like mm-hmm. one of the he, the guys really good now, uh, but there's just like the game changes. Like, people are not adapting all that well, so I don't know if it's easy to call like a clear tournament favorite in Street Fighter right now. Like clearly you have some of your best players at that tournament. Like you have people like Infiltration who won Evo. You have people like Knuckle who won Capcom Pro Tour. Uh but I, I don't know if you can just be like blatant, like yeah. Like Wait, you is, know.
0: is Infiltration going to Final Round twenty?
2: Uh oh no, Takedo no, is. Yeah, is. Yeah. Okay. I thought Infiltration was going, but he is not. Um yeah, so like M O V is good, like Daigo is there, he's not great anymore. Uh K Brad, L I Joe. There's a good list of people in this on like this entrance list, but overall, there's just like overall, it it just doesn't. Season two just seems really hard to shoot in the dark with, basically.
1: Okay, so you're thinking it's more of a litmus test to establish.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if this is the proper litmus test though. Like I don't know. Uh, the entrance list is not as deep as something like DreamHack Austin is going to be our combo breaker like the bigger tournaments because Final Round is relatively small. Um, and I can say that knowing like where it is because I mm-hmm. it, I grew up like t- 15 minutes from where this event's going to take place. Um, but overall, like it it like yeah, I it, we'll probably see one of the notable players win this tournament. I'd be surprised if there's like a dark horse that comes out of the out of the water um christina what do you think messes it up but we'll see
1: um i generally
0: agree with that like i I kind of i I would put money on tokido being in top eight or like top five but yeah is it just uh, a gut feeling or uh well i mean he's tokido but i mean this is different from last year when maybe you would say like yes tokido is definitely gonna like get in you know take first or second place um so yeah, I, I basically agree with Jacob's assessment. I want to point out that Kazunoko is entering in three different games out of out of the fourteen that uh, Final Round Twenty is hosting. He's in uh Street Fighter Five, Guilty Gear and For Honor. Wow So uh yeah, I think the I think the game lineup in, in Final Round Twenty is just like fascinating.
1: Yeah, I I haven't played for Honor. Is that any good? People curious. seem to like
0: it. I don't. I haven't. I haven't played it either. But uh, I'm. I there are I mean, there there are teams that have picked up or have started picking up four honor teams, right?
1: Oh, really? Like what? What teams? I don't know. Jacob, do you know? Do Energy you know them? Esports yeah. has already picked up some uh, four I honor see. folks.
2: Interesting seating. Looking at the seating for final round. Um, there's a lot of good players in the in the e pool. Kazunoko's in the e pool. Christatarian's in the e pool. Flash is in the E pool. Justin Wong is in the E pool. Wolf Crone's in the E pool. Like, that's going to be really competitive. Like, they're not, so they're not in, like, the first part of the E pool, but relatively they should make it, like, if they make top 64, which I expect every single one of them to do, they'll probably face each other in bracket pretty early. And that, you know, there's some really good people in there. Imagine, like, Kazanoko and Justin Wong, like, really early in bracket. That's a little harsh. Like, both those players are pretty good. Um, Wait, so can you
0: can you explain what E pool is
2: briefly for listeners? It's to like w, it's right? like a like the pool E, so like they're they're lettered.
0: So like oh, that yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah, got in it. The I was e like pool. electronic
2: pool. No, no, no. For a no. In, like, the, what in is the E pool, e, in the E pool, like the, the or in the E group of pools, like they're all separate from one another. So like is in E one, Chris Terrian's in E four, uh, Flash is in E eight, and Justin Wong, I think is in E two. Um but that means that they have a really good chance at meeting each other if they make it through and make it into top 64. So that makes a really competitive side of the bracket.
1: Yeah, every event needs its group of
2: death.
0: And uh yeah, so then Mortal Kombat, we have Sonic Fox and Scar who are now both on Echo Fox.
2: This is one of the Sonic last Fox. events. Just yeah. want to point out, this is one of the last events that we will ever see Mortal Kombat at. Um at least like as a big game. Um because Injustice 2 debuts a Combo Breaker this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. So
1: all right, well, let's... And then,
2: don't forget Marvel. Don't forget Marvel, Rachel. Oh, don't, don't yes. Do Marvel Marvel. Would is... you like to
1: touch upon that?
2: I'm actually currently writing a preview on Marvel, so yes. Uh, my favorite is Ray Ray, uh, who I got to talk to a little bit before this event.
1: You also broke the news on him a while ago, joining... God,
2: that was like a year ago. Yeah. Wow. That was one uh, of the first
1: stories I remember working with you on.
2: Yep, that was that was fun. Uh, Ray Ray is uh, looking pretty great, Um I believe Christy, G- is Christy at, G- no, he's not at this tournament. Um Good Lord, there's a lot of people missing from this tournament that I wish were here. All right. Uh, but Justin Wong has actually been playing a lot more Marvel, so I'm told. So Justin Wong and uh Ray Ray are probably the two people to look at in Marvel. And yeah, I mean, the entrance list is okay. Like, K hey Brad, Ray Ray, Moon, Sneak, PR Belrog, Justin Wong. Um So certainly not like a bad Marvel tournament. Just kind of a little scarce. So, and it's a part of the curly circuit as well, which, like, the Smash GG people are trying to put together their own, or they are putting together, like, their own Marvel circuit. It's kind of a little small thing that that's just, like, community events like Final Round, so.
1: All right, well, if you want to check out Jacob's preview, you can go to ESPN.com slash esports. Let's move along to League of Legends really quick before we wrap things up. Um, one thing I really want to talk about is Midlit. Um, great meme. Does it make for an actually great role swap? Short answer, I don't think so, but... Maybe. I feel
2: so bad for Rainover. Like that's. Just...
1: I don't feel that sorry for him. He's making so much money. I'm well, sure he is I, making at this so much... point, do, <laughs> do you making... think he really cares?
2: Yes, I, I. So
0: why do you feel bad for Rainover?
2: I feel bad for Rainover because Rainover is now on a team with two of the most demanding people when it comes to junglers. <laughs> oh. just, being, I just
1: I could just imagine him being pulled side to side and just. Like, and and stretched. one of
2: one of those people speaks korean and the other one does not speak korean so he will be yelled out probably in two languages during (laughs) in-game comms which i can imagine is extremely hectic just from trying to like because he speaks english pretty well even though he's like a korean born player he speaks english quite well so i'm sure he understands both and i'm sure it's still really hectic though to like kind of change like you know pivot focus from talking in korean to english very quickly like that which um yeah i can only imagine like trying to deal with uh, both these people. From my understanding, double lift has gotten a little bit better at it, and he's a lot more communicative, which is why I'm... he's
1: also a shot caller. Like he'll bring a level of leadership to so the he's game. Not,
2: he's not a the like primary shot caller on a lot of his previous teams, but he's really good at giving information. Like he's really good at explaining what's going on with himself, and which is fantastic in AD carry matters, where he can play things like Vayne and carry everyone, and he can just basically say, "Hey, this is happening to me. Come help." Um but he's also like sorta demanding in lane, so I can imagine that Rainover's gonna have a little bit of a difficult time now that he's playing with double lift bot lane and Piglet mid lane. And Piglet is also very demanding And
1: Yeah, I mean I feel like moving him to ma- mid lane just like enables him to
2: get tell his team whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, camp me please. <laughs>
1: and it's also I feel like it's one of those rolls. Maybe it's too early in the game. I don't know, but I feel like it's one of those role swaps where it's like he does well in solo queue in, on in mid lane, but it's not the kind of thing that really transitions that smoothly in professional play. And I think we saw a lot of that last week when he went up against Froggen.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he'll be a bad mid lane player. I just, I just don't think it's a long term thing.
1: I hope not because he's way too talented to be doing these kind of I mean, of how how swaps. off
2: like. How long does he have left on his career though? That's the that's the open ended question. Like he's his peak is season three when he won a world championship and that was twenty thirteen. It's been four years. And he's gotten pretty much nowhere since leaving Korea. So
1: I could just hear the sound of all these hearts breaking outside. I mean it's
2: it's not wrong. Piglet like fans. he's like he's been on a team that is like meme aside fourth place most of the time and then also just hasn't qualified for worlds since he joined he went from being the world champion to not qualifying for worlds i also like how
1: um adrian's excuse for moving to team liquid was like i want to win worlds well you were on a third place team and now you're on a last place team so what was the point of that
2: that was not player motivated don't believe that crap
1: (laughs) (laughs) the wolf is on the hunt it's not
2: it's not he like he wasn't like, oh yeah, I want to go to Team Liquid. He was <laughs> Phoenix One was like, well, we gotta we got support. We don't want to bench him. We can probably make some money off of him. And Team Liquid came calling with lots of money. So
1: I know, but when you have Matt, why
2: Matt's not played very well this split either. Him and Piglet have actually been really bad in comparison to what people thought they were. Not bad overall, but bad in comparison to previous Piglet and Matt from previous seasons. So
1: yeah, but it's. When you when you know that their peak is much higher, it's just way more disappointing when you feel like when they feel the need to actually switch him out. Um, yeah.
2: And what happens if if Doublelift comes back to TSM? Like, what are we expecting out of that?
1: I do you think he'll actually make it through playoffs? I mean, not playoffs. Excuse me. Um, tryouts for TSM.
2: Yes. Okay. Hundred percent. I think he'll make it through tryouts to TSM. He's so much better than Wild Turtle. It's ridiculous. Like. Just the skill gap like double lift has his moments where he's just like he's not a one trick, but he's very focused on a certain play style and it re- really hurts him to be out of that playstyle. which where wild turtle helps <laughs> is because wild turtle is very good at playing low economy yeah Whereas, whereas double lift is not uh so maybe they do some do some kind of like six man roster where double lift comes in when the meta is favorable to him and wild turtle comes in every, every, all the other time right like maybe they that's what they do but yeah, the the skill difference is like night and day. Wild Turtle had like one good season four years ago, where he was like consistently one of the best characters. He got a
1: pentakill in his first game. People yeah, are he, still he, talking about that first, on Reddit. So when
2: he first came from previous Cloud9 to TSM, he was great. But like his consistency is very low. Whereas double lift, even on bad teams, it's been pretty good. Wait,
1: how have we not ta- ta- not talked about double lift? The potential double lift in Adrian Botlane? Like, what do you make of that? How Mat- are they gonna do?
2: Match made in heaven. <laughs> now, I actually I don't think it will happen. Uh, based off what I'm told, it might. Like, match just absolutely awful. Maybe it does happen. Maybe they do call him up. It's possible it can happen. He's eligible to play. I just don't think he will. I like what I've been told is that he does not want to play spring split after what happened with Phoenix One. Like, he's just not motivated to play the game. It's, At least professionally.
1: It's weird seeing all these pros just take these breaks. I I wonder if it has to do with their intensive schedules and like burning out super quickly while I mean, practicing the game. Like I mean, if you just if you just
2: got like pretty much forcefully traded, I wouldn't be too motivated either. So,
1: hmm. that is a good point.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like if you just randomly switch teams, and I mean, it's not the worst team. Team Liquid's going to take care of him, like from a financial standpoint. But it's not like they're literally the last place team in the league. So,
0: yeah. Wait, are they lower than Envious?
2: They're tied with Envyus. En- mm-hmm. Okay, and
1: they're on a downward slope. So Envious, like they won a game last week, so they're on what people say like the upward trend but liquid is they're really in danger of facing relegation at this point and that's really not where they want to be i mean peter uh, Goober. uh,
2: oh imagine if they do get relegated because like next year is the the like rumored franchising right like nothing solid about that yet but like imagine if they do get relegated and they don't get back in
1: yeah I, i mean and i mean these big investments are coming in so it must be extremely stressful knowing that like peter Goober is probably like sitting in his office like Hmm, this Team Liquid is not doing very well. Should I keep investing in them?
2: Yeah, I mean I think that I think knowing Peter and Ted, I think that like if they do get relegated, there will certainly be a uh certainly be some kind of change in I wouldn't say like management, but I certainly think that they'll they'll do something um differently in business. And I, I know that uh but I mean Steven and, and Victor still have a lot of control, which are the co CEOs of Liquid that are the original owners, so we'll see. I it, it's hard, because actually, I think E United is an amazing challenger team, and I really do think that if that's who Liquid gets pinned against, they're going to have a really difficult time in that promotion tournament, because E United is really good.
1: Doublelift is also uncannily good in relegation. Like, when sh- hits the fan, he is surprisingly good.
2: Yeah, I remember those Curse Academy versus CLG games forever ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was... That was again when Team Liquid was trying to make a lot of money and put a lot of their good players on Curse Academy. So
0: For sure. And if all else fails, there's Liquid Hungry Box and Liquid Knuckle Dew. Yeah.
2: They can no, carry so, the liquid flag. So as, yes. as much as much as we can fault Team Liquid for their their like shortcomings here in uh, League of Legends, they are really, really damn good in fighting games.
1: <laughs> really. They really are, <laughs> yes. Um well we're all out of time, but thank you, Jacob and Christina, for joining me today and giving me your insight. And thank you, Gabe, for making the podcast happen. Uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter at ESPN underscore esports, at Rachel young at Pina SC, and at Jacob Wolf.
0: Thanks for listening to the ESPN Esports Podcast.